Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. when pastors get together uh, and chat about their churches, one of the questions that they always ask is, so how's your church going? And Fran and I, we always joke is, how's your church going? If you ever hear a pastor say this, how's your church going is code for how big's your church? And so, oh, you know it already. It's like you've heard us pastors kind of talk in amongst ourselves. How big's your church? How's your church going? Um, it's sort of, uh, you know, it's one and the same question, it seems. And of course, you know, bigger is better, of course. You know, that's the sort of assumption. If you've grown, then that's good. And if you've declined, then, that, then that's not so good. And, and you know, you know, hand on heart, you know, there have been certainly times over the years where, where that's been my drive in a sense. If only we could fill every seat in the place. If only we could do this. If only we could do that. And yet you'd know that there's a, that there's a shallowness in that that takes away from so much about what a great church is or might be, about its heart, about its depth, about its level of community, about its generosity maybe. Those things are really significant. Any of the other myriad of things that might make a church that God might be interested in, which is pretty important. There's nothing wrong with big, of course, but big is not necessarily better or big is not necessarily the end game. And so for us at Shaw Vineyard, for, you know, I guess maybe for the last 15 years, and it goes back further than that, we've had a, a mission statement, I guess we call it, of loving God, loving others. And what we do, or what we would try, want to try and do, is to be a church that loves God and love others. And I, 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 I love this as, a, as an idea or as a, as a phrase to go for, because I think that's something that we can do tomorrow. We can do in our jobs or wherever we find ourselves. Um, we can love God and love others. If we're an intermediate, if we're an early high schooler, we could love God and love others when we go back to school tomorrow, if we're a student, if we're a worker, if we're a, a parent, whatever it is that we're doing, we can do that. And um, so I think it's a, it can be on an individual basis or a, a community group could do that or a worship team could do that or a small church could do that or indeed a big church could do that. And so I love that as, a, as an idea. Um, back maybe 10, 12 years ago, we were putting together a new website and, and, and one of the part of the office discussion was, so yeah, okay, well, we love God and love others, but how do we do that? Give me some words. And I kind of think back to those who have been around a long time. I was back in Chartwell Ave when we owned a building in Glenfield and the words just came to my mind, which still send a shiver through my spine today. And it's like, we want to love God and love others passionately, adventurously and brilliantly. And um, Stanley mentioned earlier today, we have a, a Get to Know Us New People's Night um, on the 14th of May. And I get to each at each of those to talk about us as a church. And I always say that. And whenever I look at my notes before, it's like, yes, that's what I want us to be. That's what I want us to grow as and develop as as a church. And so in our website, we say it um, in this way, that Shaw Vineyard is on a mission to love God and love others passionately, brilliantly, and adventurously. Those, there are those words. We could go into more detail, but quite simply, that is all we really long for. In the most simple way possible, we want to provide a platform from which people can jump into 
genuine worship, discover radical generosity, form authentic friendships, and cultivate organic communion with God. We long to encourage one another to grow and move towards the thing that God has in store for us. And that's the church, the kind of church that I would love to go to. I would love to be a part of. And one day, if you wanted to pay me the ultimate compliment, someday when I'm not pastoring and I'm, and I'm in the back row of a church and I'm on a walking stick or something like that and you were to sidle up beside me and I won't recognize you because my eyes will be too blind or my, 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 I won't know your name because my memory will have gone or something like that. And, they, and to say to me, you know, you led a church that loved God and loved others with passion and adventure in its soul and with a brilliance and I still remember those days. That would make decades, decades worthwhile, I think, along the way. And so as we come to today and we talk about these three words and we talk about, no, not really those three words, who and what we want to be as a church, I guess is what we're talking about. You know, I sort of do so because it feels like an important moment, a important time to take stock, to note where we are, um, to, to pass on some news and to invite us all to a life inside and outside the walls of a church building to passion, adventure, and brilliance. And so I want to take a few moments um, to, to let you know some things that are happening within our church, and then I want to come back to those three words as we go along, along the way. So, um, so as a church, it seems like we're in the time of growth. You know, it does seem like more people are, are coming and wanting to be part of our services. You, you know, we're pretty cramped here this morning, um, and you will have noticed that that's kind of more common than it has been in the past. It's a, a lovely thing to do. Our evening service is similarly um, growing, and it's been a fantastic thing to do. This is, if you weren't there, this is um, the start of our communion on the beach at Parkery at our camp out, which was just a fantastic time. So beautiful, beautiful things that we're doing as a church. It does seem like we're in a time of growth, which is great. We have a, a bit of a theme that we're running this year. It's a bit of an invisible theme, but, but we're running with this idea of um, going from here to there. So in big ways and small ways, maybe as individuals, maybe as groups, to move from here to there is an important thing. You know, God has brought us this far. What is the next step, God? Or maybe in sometimes in big ways to, to take something and, and, to, and to rethink think it, reformat it, reform it. And so that's the process that you'll hear. You might, you might hear us talk about that a little bit from time to time. And one of the things that we've particularly been rethinking is their whole evening service thing. And so we've made some big changes to that over the course of this year uh, in that we used to call it our night church and now we call it our evening service, which is a small um, but subtle thing of bringing this 10 a.m. service and what is now our 5 p.m. service together in a, in a more f a seamless sort of way. And that's been important to us as we think about what Shaw Vineyard is rather than two different entities. And so we've brought it forward that hour and we've added a children's program and we've worked really hard on our worship. And it's, and it's just been a fantastic um, journey that we've taken over the course of this year. Um, and, and it's going well. Numbers uh, are increasing. Um, community seems to be happening because, as I say, numbers increasing is not the, 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 the sign of success. But community seems to be happening. Still a lot of work to do, we think, but a really important thing along the way. And the other thing that we've really wanted to do this year is to reimagine worship. And we're still just in the very early stages of that, so I can't sort of say, and we've done this A, B, and C particularly, but part of our evening service thing, but also in the mornings, is we, we want to really think through and, and grow and develop in this whole area of worship 
um, and, 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 and developing and helping us connect with God in new ways, fresh ways, old ways maybe revisited, just a, in a wonderful sort of way. So that's sort of something of the journey that we're on, hopefully with passion, adventure and brilliance in our soul and in our spirit as we go through those things. Um, we also have some other news in that we have a few uh, uh, comings and goings. Um, so we have a going. Um, so Stanley and Rachel... Oh, no, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, oh dear. Stanley and Rachel, dear Stanley and Rachel and their family, um, have accepted a call to be the um, associate pastors, I think is the title, full-time associate pastors up at Coast Vineyard, which is a, which is a, a church that was planted out of here. Um, and so that's, that's incredibly sad news, isn't it? Um, you've seen Stanley up the front, Rachel up the front, you know, both of them today and their beautiful daughters. Um, and so we're going to be saying goodbye to them in about a month or just over a month and um, to, to the next part of their adventure, to, to go on. For, so, so sad for us, um, but exciting for them, obviously, as they take on a new challenge in life and, 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 and walk forward in the things that God's calling them to. So you, we'll hear more about that over the next month or so, obviously. Um, DG, who might be sitting here, he is down the back there, when often normally he would be out. DG, for those of you who don't know, after 11 years has left Rima Media, and he is now producing the night show on News Talk ZB, which is a guy called Marcus Lush, who you may have heard of. And so DG is the man who's doing that. He's our, DG is our youth pastor as well. And of course, because he's working nights now and a lot of our youth activities are at night, he's not going to be able to do as much as he has been doing so fantastically for four plus years. And just absolutely... Um, a, a wonderful moment in his life to go forward with passion, adventure and brilliance. Um, but we're in the process of sort of working out what that means and what that looks like going forward for our own um, youth ministry. So sad for us in that sense, DG and Annalise, very much part of who we are going forward, still be involved in youth as they go forward, but not able to do it in exactly the same way that they have been. So we're working through that process. So those are big things. But along with the goings, of course, there are comings. Comings because people are, are coming in the doors quite a lot. Um, but we're also, we as a board, as a Shaw Vineyard board, have pulled together um, our thinking. And so, um, so our board of Shaw Vineyard is um, David DeVette, who's um, the chair of the board, and Fran and myself, and Chris and Macarita, Chris Berry and Macarita, who aren't here this morning, I don't think. Um, but are they, uh, you know, we've been, we've been talking about, so where do we, you know, how do we replace, the, you know, what do we do? And so for, as of today, but we want to let you guys know as a church first, we're going to be advertising for two new positions within the church, two new paid positions, maybe half-time positions. We're still sort of working through them. One in youth. Um, so to develop and grow, DG's um, work for us um, mainly voluntarily out of the goodness of his heart, but one on youth to develop and grow that, and one on worship so that we can develop. Remember, we're sort of inputting into worship, and so we're going to start to to advertise that. You'll start to see us um, putting out those um, ads, and if you know of somebody, or if you even, you're even sitting here and you're thinking, that's me, that's what I've always wanted to do, feel free to be part of that process. Pretty exciting moment, we think that we're able to reform and redevelop the things that we're doing. So please be prayerful for us because these are important moments for us as a church, saying goodbye in one sense, saying hello in another sense, and bringing it all together. I also want to take this opportunity um, to give you a financial update because we've just finished our um, financial year at the end of March. And so, um, again, um, camp out photo seemed uh, there was a lot of blue sky, so I could put some words over the top of it. Um, <laughs> 
and it's raining today and wasn't it a great time and come to camp out next, next year and all of that sort of thing. Um, so we've just finished our financial year. We had a, we had a really strong, it's probably too small a word, um, we had a great surplus of um, about $68,000, not counting um, depreciation and you know when the accountants get to it, it will change slightly. But in a cash flow sense then that, um, and so that was an incredible response of people in terms of people giving and generosity and, you know, fiscally sensible, all of these sorts of things that we did. And so um, um, it's also partly due to the fact that we've had as a, a Shaw Vineyard office a contract with the, with the Vineyard New Zealand, um, which has brought us in about $36,000 a year, which is no longer continuing this year. And so, you know, sort of it sounds a lot, and indeed it is a lot in our, in our history, it's a lot. Um, but it's, it's unlikely to be maintained just because we don't have that aspect of it. But nevertheless, it's something to celebrate. And so as a board, what we've decided is, is to shift aside $60,000 of that surplus and put it into something of a rainy day fund or a, or a strategic uh, advancing fund because we know that sometimes, you know, God, God gives plenty and then takes you through a lean time and so you, you've got to be sensible with these things. And so we want to work through though, towards those things or, you know, kind of in our current employing of people and bringing people in, you know, sort of if, if there's some kind of uh, um, um, different package that we have to pull together, we're in a great place to be able to do those things. So that was great, and you'll know um, this is more for the people who who sort of have more of a financial hat on. But you'll know that we have we have about eight hundred thousand dollars that we've had from raising money and for a building and things like that. And, and and during that financial year, we put that into shares instead of term deposits, and we had a bit of a process here as a church to let you know. And the, and and that portfolio has done pretty well in difficult times, um, and so we're sort of you know kind of nudging ahead. Um, as far as that's concerned. So a, a really good story and worthwhile um, letting you know about. Um, we'll have a financial statement that will come out over the next um, two or three weeks to let you know so more fully. So summarise that part of it and to emphasise, you know, we're, we're in good space as a church and it's great to be able to say that we have more people coming, uh, we are financially strong our evening service is the best in the best heart that it's been for a long time. And although we're saying goodbye to people like Rachel and Stanley and DG in a different sense, you know, just more in a functional sort of sense of what he's doing, we're also able to be very proactive into sowing into the things that we see the Father doing and taking us forward, which is a great place to be. And if you're looking backwards, that's something of a result of 25 years or 30 years. We'll be 30 years old as a church in April next year. 30 years of a church being passionate, adventurous, and brilliant. Some of you might recognize from this photo some of the old days. We as a church, as a morning congregation at least, spent over 20 years setting up in a, in a hall in Northcote College. It was cold. It was, it was difficult. Um, it was magnificent. And in those days, you needed to be passionate, adventurous, and brilliant to come to Shaw Vineyard because you'd be put on a roster and you'd be carrying speakers which are as big as me. And, um, and it was just incredible. And some people are still here from those days. Some people have done hard yards from those days. And it seems like a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. But it's a testimony, I think, to the passion, adventure, and, and brilliance of our church. That cross, I haven't got time to tell the story of that cross, but it's up on the wall there now, um, came from a moment in our church where we were, where we were close to having to shut down financially. And, we, and we, instead, of, instead of kind of tightening, 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 we, we sort of um, we, we went outwards instead 
And, um, and God's just really blessed us so that we can say that we're in good financial health. Well, we haven't always been, you know, over 25 years. And that cross was something of a statement of saying, we're here and we're here to stay. And look at us, for goodness sake, look at us. Here we are, still here to stay, still trying at times and sometimes succeeding and being passionate, adventurous and brilliant. And I mean, when you think about it, who wouldn't want to be passionate? You know, it's like, oh, I want to go to a church that's not passionate, you know. It's like, <laughs> who wouldn't want to be passionate? Well, I'm sure all churches decide that they do want to be passionate, but it's like, who wouldn't want to be passionate? What does passion mean? Passionate means having, showing, or caused by strong feelings or beliefs. Passionate in a vineyard sense for worship. You know, our, our number one priority, we often say. You know, what, an, what a great thing to be passionate about. Passionate to make a difference to leave the world a better place, to be part of, you know, in our worlds that we live outside of church, in our worlds that we live inside of church, to leave the world a better place, passionate to discover our place, our uniqueness, our flavor in the stew. I love um, uh, the scriptures, um, 1 Chronicles 16. It's like the, the writer lets his hair down a bit and he says, sing to God, everyone and everything. Get his salvation news out every day. Publish his glory among the godless nations as wonders to all races and religions. And why? Because God is great, well worth praising. And it continues a little later. So we can give thanks to your holy name and bask in your life of praise. Blessed be God, the God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And then everyone said yes and amen and praise God. And it's just like this passion oozing out of the scriptures. And I think, you know, we are born, I think, to love God and love others passionately. That's somehow in our DNA. It's somehow who we are. And I think we're born to, to, to or who wouldn't want to be adventurous? I mean, who wouldn't, you know, kind of, I want to go to a church that, that is really conservative and doesn't take any risk. It's like, no, who wants to be in a church that's like that? And so at our best, we're adventurous, definition, willing to take risks or to try out new methods, ideas, or experiences. You know, I've long concluded that in faith or in church or, or life in general, that if we don't go forward, we go backwards. I think, you know, as Christians, if we don't go forward, if we don't grow in our faith, if we don't grow in our understanding, we just get plain grumpy most of the time. Because it's like, well, you know, kind of I've done my best. It's like there's always better out ahead of you and invitations of God out of ahead of you to grow. And so in the vineyard, we've often said, but this needs to be more than just a little cute catchphrase that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. The sense that we're always going to be pushing, that we're going to be pushing out. I love the story in um, 1 Samuel 14 of Jonathan as an armor bearer. And, and, and Jonathan sort of, you know, they're in the tight spot, you know, sort of thing in terms of the, in terms of the battle. And he says, come, let's go across to these uncircumcised pagans. Maybe God will work for us. There's no rule, I like that, that says God can only deliver by using a big army. No one can stop God from saving when he sets his mind to it. And I love the armor bearers. You know, go ahead, do what you think is best. I'm with you all the way. There's a, there's a sense of oozing passion that comes, you know, from, sorry, um, uh, oozing adventure that comes from being like that and being in that situation. Or what about the adventure of a Rahab, you know, a prostitute in Jericho who housed the, the Israelite spies and becomes part of the lineage of Jesus. Now that's adventure. Or what about the adventure of Peter stepping out of a boat and going on the water, and we all know what happened in the end, but the adventure in the heart that puts you over the side of that boat to go and walk towards Jesus. Or what about the adventure of Mary, who hearing incredible news, you know, kind of stunning news that she's about to conceive um, the Son of God, who would say at the end, let it be to me 
as you have said, what about the adventure that's in something like that? Because we were born, I think, to love God and love others. We, Shaw Vineyard people, born to love God and love others adventurously. And I think, you know, who wouldn't want to be brilliant? Who wouldn't want to be brilliant? I don't want to go to a church that's brilliant, you know, kind of, no, let's be a brilliant church. Well, brilliance, we use brilliant in different ways. Brilliance, though, at its core is talking about light and color and, um, and, and shining bright, sparkling bright. Sometimes you'll hear uh, maybe a church or an organization or whatever say we're a church of excellence or, a, or an organization of excellence. Never really grab me excellence. It's because I've never really been able to achieve it. You know, kind of <laughs> the number of times I've tried to be excellent, it's like, oh, you fumble your first prayer or, you know, you, turn, you open your Bible and it's like, actually, it doesn't say that at all. I wonder what I'm going to say here. It's like I just failed on the excellence quotient, you know. Kind of, we can expect our All Blacks to be excellent, can't we? Because they're the best of the best. But any rugby team can be brilliant with the, with the comparatively lesser ability that they have. We can expect our guest speakers, our international speakers, to be brilliant, can't we? Uh, excellent, can't we? Because they're sort of, you know, they're on the circuit or something like that, our conference speakers. You know, Mike Pilavachi, for you guys who were at Easter Camp last week, you, know, you can expect them to be excellent. But, you know, kind of for the speaker who gets up and, and, and just has the opportunity to share, you know, far less resources in a sense, even that person, that man or that woman can be brilliant, can be brilliant with what they've got, can be brilliant with the gifts they've given, can be brilliant in the understanding that they have and bring um, to, to the, the table in any particular way. And so every single one of us, you know, whether it's um, an individual uh, and, and, and with the gifts, you know, sort of with the, um, I don't know, disparate and, and non-matching gifts that God gives to each one of us, every single one of us, big or small, in terms of what gives God has given, gives, has an opportunity to shine, to be brilliant. And when we shine together, when we're brilliant together, we can sparkle indeed. We can be incredibly sparkly. This is a brilliant diamond. Brilliant as in not because it's, cause it, it looks so fantastic, but cut as a brilliant diamond. So a brilliant is, a, is the, a certain cutting of a stone, often a diamond, but not only a diamond. And it's the facets that bring it, and there's something about it, the way that it's created and made, that um, almost draws light from the bottom so that it, it comes out into the top. It's a, it's a, it's a magnificent thing that a skilled um, jeweler is able to bring together, or a skilled um, gem cutter is able to bring. And so we get the opportunity to be together to our different facets, our different contributions, to grow and to develop something of brilliance. You know, Stephen was brilliant in martyrdom, wasn't he? You know, kind of, he, he went to his death for his faith brilliantly. Lydia was brilliant, wasn't she, in opening her home. And the church in Europe was born. Moses' mother and sister were brilliant in protecting that baby who would have been killed otherwise and then raising that baby who would lead Israel out of captivity in Egypt. Brilliant they were, brilliant. They may not have been excellent, and most biblical characters are not excellent because we see their flaws, but brilliant shines through. And those are the sorts of things, maybe, just maybe, we are called to be because we were born to love God and love others brilliantly. And so Stanley and Rachel, go and be passionate, adventurous, and brilliant. If you, if you take anything from us, that's our heart. And Coast will have other words, and, and they'll be great words, and maybe they're the same. But from us, that's the invitation of God. 
to go and do that and to go and be that. You know, DG, go and be passionate, adventurous and brilliant as the producer of the night show. That is a magnificent thing to be going to do. I'm, I'm sure you're a loss to Rima. And you are a loss in that sense to us because of the fantastic job that you've done. But we, but we go with you and we celebrate with you and say, go and do that with your, with your incredible sense and, and, and combination of skills. No differently, though, than any one of us who's here. Our intermediate schoolers who are waiting for me to finish. Yes, I will finish fairly soon. <laughs> you can be passionate, adventurous and brilliant in the lives that you, in the lives that you live. Or any of us in whatever work, any of us as we join together, I don't know, as a, as a family or a couple if we are that, or a, or a home group if we are that, or a, or a working group at our work if we are that, or a class if we are that, can be passionate and adventurous and brilliant. And I think what the significance of today is, you know, we're talking a little bit about a, you know, a crossroads thing in some ways. Because we, we sit here, we stand here on the backs of those who have done this before time. You know, kind of in, in terms of but a huge impact in the context of us as a church. And so, but that's not the end. It's just the beginning of, of them sharing and going and us being able to, to pick it up. To, to, to do the things that they have done and to go on from there. That's the calling, that's the invitation for us. So get involved. Give, you know, we, we, we get a surplus because people have given. If we stop giving, we'll have a deficit next year. So give. Like our Facebook posts. <laughs> our Instagram. Like those things. Come when we wave the flag and say, this will be great, come along. Come. Join a community group. All of the things, the opportunities that we have, come and be part of our endeavour to be a passionate, brilliant and adventurous church. And then I think we will be able to engage of John 10.10, abundant life that Jesus talked about. Ephesians 2.10, you know, Paul talked about God's um, workmanship created for good works. Or, or, or Peter when he talked about you know, being a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Let's be those people. So let's stand. And let's invite the presence of God to be in our midst. I do hope you'll come back next week. We have a, we have a fantastic service next week. Um, and that we're going to do something that we haven't done for maybe a year or more, and that we're going to have a, a service that we call Nines. And so in the Nines, we have the opportunity um, of hearing um, three people share a, a nine-minute message with passion, adventure, and brilliance, I feel sure. And so um, uh, Ian Telford uh, and Karen Grogan and Jackie Lloyd will be sharing from our morning congregation and at night, um, some of you will know, know these names, or won't, Bronte Coombridge, um, Jared Grant, and Victoria Stewart, who you will know, who Cameron and Victoria have, are in our evening service, or mainly coming to our evening service now because of the children's program, and they're, and they're helping that grow, which is just a wonderful thing for them to be doing. So let's pray, shall we? Maybe just hold out your hands. So we come before you, Lord, 
We'll be able to name our faults before we can name our qualities. That's just human nature, it seems. But we come before you with a sense, Lord, that when you look at us, you see how we shine. You see our promise. You see what you have in our hearts. You see what you've sown. You see where you want to take us. And Lord, as a church, we just come before you and we ask that you'd lead us and guide us. Lord, that you'd help us draw close. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.